0: Welcome to the Pregnancy Help Podcast. I am Christine Grimmett, and I'm here with Valerie Harkins, our Maternity Housing Specialist at Heartbeat International, and Suzanne Burns, Executive Director of Foundation House. We've had Suzanne on for podcasts and webinars for Heartbeat in the past, so it's a pleasure to have her with us again. As we know, we're now in the holiday season, and there's a lot of joy and excitement for most of us, but we remember, too, that some people are really struggling during this season because of past trauma, uh, strained family relationships. Things that make this season especially difficult. So, we want to bring awareness to that and uh, help educate listeners on how to help those who are especially struggling right now. Everyone needs time to rest and step away from work, even when you love what you do in ministry. Our team at Option Line, our 24 7 pregnancy helpline, is ready to answer calls even during hours that your center's doors are closed. Heartbeat affiliates can forward those calls to option line so that callers are able to talk to a real person who's ready to help with their pregnancy questions. If you're a pregnancy help ministry that would like to find out more email info at option The option line team is available 24 seven by phone, chat, text, and email at optionline.org. Valerie, I will turn things over to you. Thank you, Christine. I, uh, I appreciate that. So
1: This is such an interesting topic, and I'm glad, Suzanne, that you're joining me today because the holiday season is uh, one of my most favorite seasons of the year, but... Sometimes for different reasons than what one might expect. So although I am uh, one of those Hallmark movie marathoners at Christmas time, the reason that this is my favorite season of the year is because it is such a unique time for discipleship and hospitality, specifically for the hurting and those that don't know Christ. Uh, So That really brings up a whole kind of slew of questions and conversation about. How does that uh, relate to what we do in maternity housing? And uh, so I'm, I'm glad you're here today. I want to pick your brain a little bit about what you have found in your experience with holiday season and serving residents in the maternity home uh, setting. So before I start to just uh, drill you with question after question, um, why don't you start with telling us about your home and about what holiday season looks like uh, in your home?
2: we can um we can house 6 clients uh with children in the house as long as uh, you know with individual bedrooms. We can house more if necessary, but then we also have a non-residential program too. And so we see a lot of clients come in and out. The majority of our clients have a high trauma history, high addiction history, low education levels, and um, and, and really low employability levels. So the majority of our clients are, you know, working retail, they're working fast food. Um, A few are able to work like factory jobs while they're Kind of early in their pregnancy but but not once the baby's born because of uh, daycare hours so we're we're kind of a a busy um a, a busy fluid type place and we have um we have a lot of pieces moving in a lot of different directions so the holidays for us it's just different. Every, every household is a little bit different. Sometimes we have girls who can go home for the holidays. Other times we have girls who you know want to see their family, but really don't want to be very close to them. A lot of times uh, for Thanksgiving, the girls will come to my house for Thanksgiving dinner and we will do uh, like a, a family style Thanksgiving um, with just Foundation House staff and clients in and around that time. But we want them to see what, what family looks like, but we also want to honor their family of origin, but we also want to protect them, you know, all kind of all at the same time. And so it makes it challenging. And a lot of our girls have had um, really, really great tragedies in their past that are rooted in the holiday season. And so uh, for those girls, it's, it's an even tighter tightrope that we walk with them. This is a season both of, of joy and of love and of relationship, but it's also a season of major depressive disorder, of uh, seasonal affective disorder, of, um, you know, of, of depression, of suicide and suicidal attempts. And so um, it, it really is a season that's fraught with a lot of challenges on a lot of different fronts.
1: Yeah, that makes, that makes perfect sense to me and also really aligns with what I've I've found working with uh, residents in the homes. Uh, exactly what you're talking about kind of blends with something else that I've seen is that uh, in addition to all of the uh, hurt and trauma and then also the societal pressure for the perfect homework family. Exactly, the, the, and the perfect the commercialization uh, of that. We also have a largely unchurched generation uh, that uh, sometimes maybe isn't even aware of what the Christmas story is. And so one of my my favorite stories that I revisit every year to keep myself fresh and others is I remember a time that I was working with the resident. We were decorating in the home and we were setting up uh, a nativity. And I I don't know. In some conversation, I referenced nativity, presuming she knew what that was. And it uh, turned out she had no idea what I was talking about. So I asked her, well, what? let's start with this. What do you know about Jesus? And she says, well, I know um, I heard about him on The Simpsons once, but that's all. That's all I know. And so from her perspective, if you think about it, from a completely unchurched perspective, the Christmas season is only what you see in the stores or on the TV and on the radio. Uh, so it is both the projection and pressure of this idyllic life, plus all of her personal trauma and oftentimes no awareness of hope in Christ that that Christ came to be the hope of the world. Uh, and so that really opened my eyes and I think forever changed my perspective of. Opportunities during uh, during the holiday season. So, here's what I, I kind of want to start with: picking your brain on this piece here. Would you say there are opportunities for healing in, at the Christmas season in the maternity home? But on that same token, my balancing question would be: Would you say there's opportunities for further hurt uh, during
2: the Christmas season in the maternity home? I feel like that's a setup, though. <laughs> um, I, I think the, the answer to both of them is yes. There's always opportunity for for hope and for healing and for restoration. But then there is also always that opportunity for it to be that much worse, um, for it to, to, for the traumatic events of the past to only be strengthened, to only be deepened. And I think, um, you know, just... Here's here's a perfect example. My church every year, we do a, a ladies Christmas dinner. And because of who I am and, and who I am here at Foundation House, they almost always invite us with tickets for free, which is great. Which And I love I'm very grateful for it. I love my church family. But in some years, the particular clients that I've had in the house, it wasn't wisdom for us to take them out into public even though I know it is a safe space they did not um, they did not feel comfortable with that and so you know and for a whole variety of reasons people ask inappropriate questions oh you're one of the foundation house girls when are you due or oh you're the one who gave your baby up for adoption no no we don't say those things Um, it's, it's challenging when you have a mix of volunteers, a mix of, of ignorant but loving onlookers, and then a mix of girls who are carrying a heavy trauma load. So it, it, it gets challenging sometimes. And there have been times when I've been asked to speak, and I, I personally don't like speaking when i have my girls in the audience um, because i don't ever want them to feel uncomfortable or be ma- made to feel like they're being put on the spot or for anybody in the audience to think that i'm sharing their particular stories so it it creates this um, and, and of course the churches always want me to bring the girls because that's you know that's the show right and i i, I don't i don't participate in the show so um so, so it always creates these opportunities for increased harm. Everything we do when we're working with a population with a trauma history there is an opportunity to increase harm. And if we're not careful, that's exactly what we're going to do. So we have to be mindful and and that much more so this time of year. So we have a lot of conversations around those, those very same Hallmark movies around those very same belief systems. Um, You know, what do you think family ought to look like? And, and this can give opportunity to grieve the mother that she actually had instead of the mother she wanted or needed so it it can bring a lot of healing but healing only comes with intentionality if we are not intentional about bringing the right things to her carefully in the right way we are going to reinforce the hurt
1: so i'm curious how do you how do you know when you have a resident that has this uh History of trauma, maybe specifically in the area of a holiday season. I mean, what, 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 how would she present that to you? Because I'm imagining Suzanne, she probably doesn't wake up. The day after Halloween, and say, I would like for you to know that for the next 60 to 90 days, these are the areas that I have uh, negative memories and um, conflicted emotions, and I'm a little vulnerable, right? I'm assuming she doesn't wake up and do that. And so it, I would guess that it's a bit of a, a puzzle that we're figuring out and that we're discerning. So, what are some things that um, those working in homes would be looking for, where residents would be presenting, maybe behaviors that were a clue to them to say, "Hey, this may be a
2: hurtful season for them." Yeah, that's a really great question. So, um, you know, if she's a fairly new client, you may see things like um, she's behaving in a depressive way, in, in a Differently than before, you know, um, unusually. So um, maybe she's she's not interested in participating in the the household decorating of the Christmas tree, or she doesn't want to talk about family traditions and and past stories. And so you might be able to pull her aside, or in case management, and say, well, you know, what did what did Christmas look like in the past, and our On staff, we have a number of people who have... less than positive past Christmas experiences. So we're not shy about um, talking about those hurts as well as we move into the Christmas season. One of our past clients, um, she, her, she lost her father shortly before Halloween. She lost her mother shortly before Christmas. And she also experienced a miscarriage in, in that same general time. That, that was all over multiple separate years but it was the same season. And so by the time she came to us, we already knew what she was carrying because she, she was um, talking about needing to go to her father's gravesite. Like she had a, she had a ritual of how she survived this season. And so we were able to kind of come alongside her and observe at first how she grieved. And for her, it was a lot of anger and running away um, at, at least Emotionally, So she would run away and, and close herself off when, when she couldn't run away physically and actually leave the property, she would run away emotionally. And so she would shut down. So we observed this for a while. And then we were able to begin once we've got uh, trust built, we were able to begin to kind of challenge it gently, you know, Is there something else that we could do to help? Uh, How can we talk through these emotions? Do you want to see a, a therapist regarding it? Do you want to discuss these things? How can we help you so that you build good memories with your child? And that's really one place where we found a lot of success with her was that, you know, we can't change the the Christmases that came and went, but what we can do is we can help you build new traditions so that your daughter doesn't ever feel this way about this season. And so she was able to receive it. It's almost like, you know, Jesus uses parables to teach uh, deep truths. We were able to kind of come in the back door by talking about how her daughter is going to receive Christmas in years to come. And that was able to start bringing some healing to her. Um, without her even realizing it. It's a great point.
1: You know, I've noticed sometimes with the resident that the, particularly for those that that have not come to know Christ yet, that the area where they are able to hope and dream uh, is for their child, uh, where maybe their ability to hope for themselves uh, has been, quench, maybe it's hasn't been resurrected yet from the dead. And they don't know a hope of a living Christ. And they certainly don't have hope and trust for others in the community. But what I found is that hope for their child's future oftentimes can be that motivation that gets them started on that healing journey. And so uh, that's a great point. I'm so glad you brought that up specifically in the holiday season that I can imagine that being a a comforting starting place for the residents to start with healing in the holiday season, which would be what does she dream of and what does she want for her child, right? And and let's start there. Uh, And what kind of uh, norms and uh, atmosphere and uh, experiences does she want her child uh, to have? It seems, Suzanne, I don't know if you've seen this, but it, it seems like as she's working to build out The childhood she dreams of for her child, she really begins to walk out healing from her own childhood at the
2: same time. Exactly. Yeah.
1: You know, Suzanne, we have a lot of startup homes uh, this year in particular, Um, and I know that these homes, uh I've spoken with a few of them, are so excited for the Christmas season. And so they are, you know, working on getting donations, uh, decorating the home, building traditions, hearing about Christmas cookies and all of these great things. Um, what would you say, knowing what you know now, and if you could go back to year one, Christmas one, with Foundation House Ministries, what would you say to yourself or to the these new homes that are entering the Christmas season this year?
2: I think it's all about balance. Um, you know, so often we try to do everything with these girls and kind of give them in in one Christmas season, the all of the love and affection and events and and relationships that they've never had in all of their past, you know, 18 or 20 years. And And then we're exhausted because they don't appreciate it or they're overwhelmed or they're they kind of are are still carrying that resentment and depression and and the sense of shame that, you know, you guys are so wonderful and love me so well, but my own mom doesn't or my own parents kicked me out or, or, you know, or along those lines. And and so I think it's, it's just so much about balance and it's less about what you are doing for her and more about what she is ready to receive. And that's really, that's a hard pill to swallow for, especially for a lot of volunteers that just want to come in and love and and bake cookies and do all of these great things. And, um, and then they're disappointed when the girls, you know, don't want to come out of their rooms or, um, or. Or don't know how to bake and so they they feel inadequate because you know a lot of volunteers will come in kind of assuming that you know how to make cookies you, you know they've done it for years they did it with their kids and and probably their grandkids And so these girls, for a lot of them, that is not something they've ever experienced. So they don't even know how to measure. They don't know what what tools are necessary. So there's intimidation on the part of the client. There can be intimidation as far as, is this volunteer even going to like me? Um, Am I going to be a complete and total failure? In addition to... um, you know, I, I don't know how to do these things. I don't know what my, what my role is. And so there's, there's that awkwardness. And so it can come across to a volunteer or a new, a new staff person as, um, you know, as rudeness or as, you know, just not being interested in it when it's really her anxiety. And, And so it's, it's a lot of, balance. And you'll have some clients that are like, Oh yeah, diving in feet first, absolutely everything. And then they, they blow up later. And then you have others that want to hide in their rooms and and eventually kind of creep out like that, like the little, like the little Christmas mouse. Um, and you've got to learn how to balance both. And let them know that that both are acceptable. You don't have to dive in full-on uh, Hallmark movie. You can kind of get dip your toes in and just see that it is not so bad. But really, all of that, all of the trappings of the Christmas season, a, a lot of times they kind of... Um, overshadow the reality of, of Jesus and why he came and why we celebrate his birth this way. And so it it can be, um, it, it can be pros and cons, you know? Um, so we keep things very simple here, partly because we're, we're tired and we, you know, we need it simple, um, but partly because that's, that's what our clients have gotten accustomed to. That's great input. Ooh. Uh, one of the things that I
1: experienced myself, and I, I've been speaking with others, and it seems like they've experienced it also, but once we get to that place where uh, the the concept that serving residents during Christmas time is less about what we are doing or what we're giving and more about what the Lord is doing and where the resident is, right, as you said, what she's ready to receive, there seems to be this time where it, that Awareness travels from um, our head with our knowledge to down south to acceptance in our heart. And one of the things that I found is that when that really travels down to acceptance in our heart, it creates this emotionally safe environment for the resident to feel whatever she needs to feel. And she doesn't know what that is. She doesn't understand what it's called. She doesn't understand why she feels the way she feels She doesn't know why she's maybe unreasonably angry or irritable about something that seems unrelated. She doesn't understand what's happening on the inside of her. So when it's not about us and it's not about our expectations, then we have the freedom to allow what could seem like rejection roll off and remain uh, safe for her, and if she needs to to push and pull emotionally throughout the whole season as she figures that out, then that's okay because it leaves us as that stable and steady place for her, which makes me makes me excited for the opportunities of what she learns about trust and community, you know, through mm-hmm. that time.
2: So. Yeah. I think it's a grieving process that she has to be, she has to have permission to go through grieving the Christmases that didn't look like it does this year, grieving the fact that I'm surrounded by all you people, instead of a loving family, grieving that, you know, my baby daddy doesn't want to build the family that he promised me when we created this child. It, it, it's part of a grieving process, and we have to give her permission to grieve as she needs to grieve. And um, you know, uh, we have found that a lot of our volunteers and, and staff need that as well. We, as a society, have overhyped the Christmas season. And I love the Hallmark Channel as much as anybody. I mean, I was at Christmas in July myself, but that's also because there's nothing else on that's worth watching. But um, but we've overhyped it to the point that. It, it's created in all of us a, a traumatic response to our own childhood Christmases or our own lack of the perfect Christmas.
1: So I know we have a webinar coming up about this. Um, do you want to, you want to tell our listeners about that webinar and what's going to be
2: happening then? Yeah, we're we're really excited about that. That's going to be with myself and Lisa Holmes, who is our director of client services here at Foundation House. She also lives on site with the clients, and so that webinar is going to be a lot more. Um, this has been kind of like a general overview. That's going to be a lot more detailed about how we walk with clients questions that we ask on the front end, uh, interventions that we may do, activities that we may do to help draw clients out and to help increase their relationship to their children, as well as to build stable, healthy connections with the, the family of origin that is still in their lives.
1: Awesome. So that webinar is going to be December 14th and uh, we will have that registration link in a few places, but the easiest way to get it is through our heart and home newsletter that comes out, uh, once a month. And so if you are not subscribed to heart and home, feel free to email me at housing at heartbeat and we will get you all set up with that. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Suzanne, I, I, Specifically, in spending some intentional time this year thinking about the Advent season as it relates to evangelism opportunities for those that have either rejected Christ or don't know about Christ, uh, and that is really leaning or lending itself to also this thought of what what does it look like um, to create space for healing during the uh, holiday season in that maternity home setting. So I'm excited. Thank you for sharing your time today with us. I appreciate you.
0: Thank you, Valerie and Suzanne. Uh, You had me thinking about the different ways that we can apply this information. I know a lot of our listeners to this episode specifically are Uh, working in maternity home setting. And this has given us such a wonderful peek into that world. I love getting to know what you guys are doing in the homes, um, but we can also use this information in the center setting as clients are seen over the holiday season. Um, But then also just personally, you know, we all know family and friends who are uh, maybe mourning a loss that happened within the past year. And this is the first Christmas without someone or um, have had family-strained uh, relationships in the past and, and how we can just be mindful and intentional about how we're celebrating with them um, along with having our own traditions. So thank you. This really has me thinking. So if you uh, found this information helpful, please share with a friend. You can uh, rate our podcast, you can subscribe, um, and I will post a link to that webinar registration in our description for the podcast if you're interested in that and you work in ministry. So thanks again, Valerie and Suzanne, and thanks to our listeners for listening to this episode of the Pregnancy Help Podcast.